Amen. In the past month, I have been reading and studying the book of Ezra and Nehemiah. Who, who here have ever read this book? Does someone read? Oh, good. Few people. This, those books are in the Old Testament. And I would like to share some points. But before, I want to give just to you a background of the history for you to, to get what I will going to talk. Um, as you know, the Bible, the Old Testament, talks about the nation of Israel. This nation started with uh, one man called Abraham. Abraham had a son called Isaac. Isaac had another son called Jacob. And Jacob had 12 sons. And those 12, uh, they, they multiply, they marry, and then they, have, they become a big, big family. They were living in Egypt, and God called them out of Egypt. And then God brought them to the promised land that we know as Israel. They, they, they arrived there, they lived there, and then God gave them kings. One, two of the most famous kings are King David and his son, who knows his name? Solomon. Solomon. Yes, great. We have King, King David King Sol and King Solomon. And David established the capital of the, the Israel, Jerusalem. And he wants to build a temple for God to be worshipped. Because in that time, God was worshipped in a tent. Very simple tent. But David said, no, God deserves a better place. And then they built a beautiful temple. But it was Solomon that built that temple. And the life of the people of Israel was wonderful in that time. But unfortunately, time passed and, and people start going out of their way. They start stopping seeking God the way they're supposed to seek God. And then the, I'm just summarizing the story. It's a long story, but we need to get the point. But then what's happened? The, the Babylon the Babylonians came and they surround the people of Israel because they were disobeying God. And then they were sent as a slave to Babylonian. And they stayed there for 70 years. But when the Babylonians came, they destroyed the temple, they destroyed the city, and this city was surrounded by a big wall and that wall was broken also. Then that place became a desolate, desolate place. There was, everything was destroyed. And there was no glory anymore, no temple anymore, no city anymore. Just few people were living there. But the, 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 like those, the rich people, the, the people, the noble people were sent to Babylon. And after 70 years of captivity... The Jews were allowed to return. They were allowed to come back to the, to the land. And a process of restoration started because everything was in ruins. There was no temple to worship God. The seat had few people living in, in it. And there was no protection at all. 
Then very slow, they rebuild their life in the promised land. When they arrived, the first thing they restored was the altar of sacrifice. And after a few years, a second group came led by Ezra the priest, and then the whole temple was rebuilt. And you can read the full story in the book of Ezra. This temple actually uh, is the same one that Jesus in, in Jesus' time. Only was just uh, expanded by King Herod. Unfortunately, this, this temple doesn't exist anymore. And after a few years, around the, the year 445 before Christ, uh, Nehemiah comes as a governor and God used him to do a wonderful work. Because since Ezra returned, there was no wall around the city of Jerusalem. The city was, was unprotected. There was like there were open walls. The walls were broken. There was no gate. And they have no protection. And uh, when Nehemiah com comes, God used him to do a wonderful work. He, he, together with the people of Jerusalem, they rebuilt the walls in 52 days. Say with me, 52. 52 days. Imagine, a big wall able to rebuild in 52 days. It was a miracle. That was a wonderful work. And uh, what was the heart of Nehemiah? We can read that in Nehemiah 2. Verse 3, he was living in, in the, far away from Israel, and he said he was working as a cupbearer cop of the king, and he was serving the king, and then the king uh, realized that he wasn't so well, and then he said to the king, may the king live forever. Why should my face not look sad when the seat where my ancestors are buried, lies in ruins, and its gates have been destroyed by fire. Then you see that he was, God was moving in his heart to go there and to rebuild the wall. Actually, the wall you see nowadays, if you go to visit Jerusalem or watch a video, are not the walls that Nehemiah restored. That one was destroyed, and the one you see nowadays it was built in the 5035 after Christ. But this was just one overview of Jerusalem history, history. And I would like today to focus on the restoration of the walls of Jerusalem in the book of Nehemiah. Okay? Now, you must be wondering, why, Pastor? Why, why are you talking about Nehemiah? The wall, Jerusalem, what this had to do with me? The Old Testament stories are shadows of spiritual truth for our lives that can help us to understand ourselves. Did you know that? Everything that you see, you read in the Old Testament, you can bring to your own life. You can understand something for your own life. And we will look and the, the meaning of the walls for our own lives. And then the title of this message 
is restoring the walls of your life. Maybe you are, maybe you are wondering, what wall? Do I have walls? Do you have walls? Yes, I'm going to explain to you. Hold on. Let's look something in the book of Nehemiah again. Nehemiah expressed very well in his prayer for Jerusalem because he heard that the, the wall was destroyed, the city was in ruins, and he wanted to do something. And then when he received the news, he started praying about And then in, in his prayer, he said that, Nehemiah 1.9 said, But if you return to me and obey my command, commandments, he was talking to God, remembering some things that he read in, in the books of the prophets. If you return to me and obey my commandments, then even if you, if you are exiled people are at the farthest horizon, I will gather them from there and bring them to the place I have chosen as a dwelling for my name. Then God said, there was a place that he chose to dwell. There is a place that God chose to live, to manifest his presence. What was this place? Answer to me. Jerusalem was this place. But did you know, as a born-again Christian, you are the temple. You are the dwelling place of God's Spirit. Did you know that? Ah, hallelujah. When we're born again, our spirit is, is recreated and becomes the sanctuary of God on earth. Where his spirit dwells and where a communion And communication with God is established. The Bible tells in 2 Corinthians 6, 16. Let's read. Let's read together. Let's read together. What, everybody, what agreement is there between the temple of God and idols? For we are the temple of the living God. As God has said... I will live with them and walk among them. And I will be their God. And they will be my people. Wonderful. For we are, what? The temple of the living God. God lives in me. God lives in you. Amen. Amen. Did you know that? When you're born again, God comes and starts living inside of you. He, he is dwelling on you like, like he, he, he used to do in the temple of Jerusalem. He was dwelling. His presence was there. People goes, they went there to worship God. And now there is no need of a temple of stones. But God is living inside of each one of us. God lives on us. Amen. Hallelujah. We become children of God. The Bible says in John 1.12. Heirs and co-heirs with Christ. We become God's dwelling place. Play a living sanctuary. Carrying the living word in the person of the Holy Spirit. You can see this in the whole New Testament. When Paul starts explaining all these revelations that he got from the 
Old Testament. Can you see how interesting it is? Just as the author of the temple were the first thing to be restored when the people returned from the Babylonian's captivity, so it is your lives when we repent of our sins. The first thing that God restores is our spirit. When I told you in the book of Ezra, the first thing they restored was the altar and then the temple. This is what's happened with us. The first thing that God restored when you're born again is your spirit. Your spirit was restored by God when you're born again. Amen? Because the Bible says that your spirit was dead and now you are alive. Hallelujah. This is wonderful when we start to a soul. We are spiritual, but we, are, we have also a soul with It is the seat of our wills, emotions, and thoughts. Then you have a spirit, you have soul, and you have a body. I can see your body, but I cannot see your spirit. I cannot see your soul. But I know you have a spirit and soul because you are looking at me. You are alive. You are moving because we know when someone dies, what's happened? Their soul gone. And then there is just the body. But because you are alive, you are here interacting with me. And then in your soul, you have your emotions, you have your wills, and you have your thoughts. This is part of your soul. And then also you have your body. Then we are three-dimensional. The spirit is aware of God. The soul is aware of itself. And the body is aware of the material things. So with our spirit, we touch the spiritual realm. With our soul, the intellectual and emotional realm. And our power of choice. And with our body, we touch the physical material realm. Okay? Then this is how it works. With your spirit, you touch God, with your soul, what you thought, you, you can uh, be aware of, your, of yourself, you have your emotions, you have your thoughts, and with your body, you can touch things, okay? Do you understand? Can we go ahead? Amen. Some Christians born again come to church, but their soul and emotions are totally destroyed. We need to understand one thing. The new birth occurs in an instant, instantaneous miracle, but the restoration of our soul is a process. There are, there are no miracle. Yes, there is a wonderful job together with the Holy Spirit. The very word restoration or edification says that there is a work, an effort, it's a process, and we have to help our comforter, comforter that the Holy Spirit. Then that's, today, my main point here is to help you to understand, like the, the work of salvation was done by the blood of Jesus Christ. When you believe in Jesus, you are saved. But the restoration of your soul, your emotions, your thoughts, 
your decisions. It's a, a process that you have to work together with the Holy Spirit. It's like the rebuild of the walls that Nehemiah had to do. That's why we are going to compare here the, the rebuild of the walls and also our soul being restored by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Until now, we saw that we are God's chosen place for him to dwell. All right? And we are called to manifest his glory. But we are not perfect and we need help. The same as Jerusalem was destroyed and need the people's help to restore the walls. God sent Nehemiah, and guess what, what his name means? Do you know what he, his name means? The one who Jehovah comforts. The one who Jehovah comforts. And the Bible says the Holy Spirit is our comforter, who identifies with our needs and is willing to lead us in the work of restoration, the walls of our personality. The same as Nehemiah was the one who was used by God to restore the walls of Jerusalem. You have the Holy Spirit to help you to restore the walls of your soul. Hallelujah. If he is, and Nehemiah was moved by compassion. Let's see here. In the first chapter, he received news that the walls of Jerusalem are broken. And the gates burned down, meaning the city has no protection. Nehemiah 1.3. Let's read this verse now. They said to me, those who survived the exile and are back in the province are in great trouble and disgrace. The walls of Jerusalem is broken down and its gates have been burned with fire. Nehemiah was moved by compassion and he started to pray because he doesn't accept the current situation. When he prays, we see in Nehemiah 1.9, he remembered the word of God and he said, the place which I have chosen to make my name dwell there. Here we see why Jerusalem is so important because he was, the city was chosen by God. In this same way, you are very important for the Holy Spirit. Amen. Say with me, I am very important for God, for the Holy Spirit. Amen. Who is, who is our Nehemiah? Holy Spirit is our Nehemiah. And, and, and he wants you to help us to restore our soul. He wants to change our lives. He wants to make us shine, be, be wonderful, be nice, because this is the way a city must be. Like uh, Nehemiah was very worried because there was no wall around that city. And then the city could not shine the glory, could not be a beautiful place for people to live. There was no protection. The enemy could, could always enter. And sometimes if our soul is this way, we are very easily attacked by the enemy. Let's keep going here. The main purpose of the Holy Spirit is to make you to manifest of the glory of God on this earth. 
Just as Nehemiah understood that the seat with the broken walls could not manifest the glory of God. So it's the same with our life when our character is damaged and our emotions unbalanced. All areas of our life must reflect the glory of God and the presence then of him in us. Jerusalem temple was restored and people used to go there for the daily sacrifice morning and evening time. They go there every day for the daily sacrifice. That was the way the people in Jerusalem, they used to live to worship the Lord. But they didn't care about the walls. They didn't care about the protection around them. And sometimes it can happen with us also. We think it's okay to go to church. It's okay to go every Sunday to, to, the, to, to the Sunday service. It's okay to go to the cell meeting. But uh, my life, I can live the way I like. If you, are, if you think this way, you are thinking the same as the people of Jerusalem in that time. They didn't care about the walls. They just care about some religious uh, way of life, but they didn't care about the protection around them. But we need to care about that because if you don't care, we are very easily attacked by the enemy. Amen. In Nehemiah's story, we see people of God serving him at the temple. And we see they don't care about that. They don't care. They are afraid because they have to do a lot of work. Because there was a lot of stones. Everything was broken down. And then imagine you to, to have to start working in something that is broken. You have to spend time. You have to, to change things. And then sometimes we don't want to change. We are so, uh, how do you say, we are so... Like a custom-made, we are so, it's okay. We think everything is fine. This, my life, it's okay. But there is, it's not okay. We need to, to understand that uh, uh, God called us to live a lifestyle, to be a good witness wherever we go, at school, at work, and at home. It's not just coming to church that matters, but it's our lifestyle matters to God. Amen. Proverbs 25, 28 says, As a seat broken down without walls, so is a man who has no self-control. If, you, if your walls are broken, it means you have no self-control. And we cannot bring glory to God if we have no self-control of ourselves. Do you understand what I'm talking about? We need to understand. We need to, to, to show that we, we have God in our lives wherever we go. With our attitudes, with our way of thinking, with our behavior. We uh, as a children of God cannot be broken, destroyed, explosive, aggressive, impatient, idolatrous, without self-control. Galatians 5, 19, 21 says, The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, 
dissension, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and after the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live this like, this like they will not inherit the kingdom of God. Did you know that Satan attacks happen in our soul, in, in our body? Satan cannot touch your spirit, but he can attack your soul and your body. Why he can attack? Because if you still behave, if you're still acting in your flesh with all these things that I mentioned and from the Galatians 5, like if you are... If you are sexual immoral, if you are you ha, if you have fits of rage, you are you are like a, your wall is broken. Then the enemy can enter in your life, and he can destroy your life. He can make a mess in your life. But you don't need to live this way. You can live in a way that you bring glory to God, being able to control your emotions. This is why it's so important to have our walls, the walls of our lives restored. And the Holy Spirit can help us. Amen. These attacks happen when he finds cracks in our soul. And what are these cracks? They are traumas, complex wounds, bad habits, philosophies, and a series of things that have nothing to do with God's standards for his children's lives. We need to understand there is things in our lives that doesn't worship God, doesn't bring glory to God. And we need to learn every day. And understand one thing, we cannot change that one day to the other and become like totally transformed. This is a process. It takes time. I am this process. You are in this process. Every day God is changing something in my life. Because he's shining. He's showing us things in our lives that need to be changed. And bit by bit we are, we, we are transformed. These walls are built. And then we are more and more protected. Amen. Hallelujah. Our friend Nehemiah, after much praying and fasting, he managed, he managed in a miracle way to be sent to Jerusalem by the king as a governor, as I mentioned before. And in that time, he was just a cupbird of the king. He wasn't a, a gover governor. He wasn't a, a man of influence, but he was very close to the king. This is a very good point. He was very close because he works. You know what the cupbearer does? He tastes the food before the king eats. If the food was poison, who is going to die? Him, not the king. He was, he was a very dangerous work. But he was, because of that, he was very close to the king. And when he gets there, he, he, was, he, he was sent to Jerusalem as a go governor because... God touched the king's heart. And then he, he walked around to see the situation. We see this in Nehemiah 2, verse 13. He walked during the night. By night, I went out through the valley gate toward the jackal well and the dung gate, examining the walls of Jerusalem, which had been broken down. 
and its gates, which had been destroyed by fire. So, after that, he called the people to work of, to do the restoration. Let's read the, the following verse, 17, Nehemiah 2, 17. After he saw the situation, he checked everything during the night. Then he called the people of Jerusalem, those who are living there, and he said, You see the trouble we are in Jerusalem. Jerusalem lies in ruins, and its gates have been burned with fire. Come, let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem, and we will no longer be in disgrace. When the walls of our lives are on the floor, like falling down, we are in disgrace. You can be like a, a wonderful Christian coming to church every Sunday, but if you are not able to hold your fits of rage or you keep going after uh, sexual immorality, you are defeated. You are not shining the life of God in our, uh, on your life. Do you understand? And we need to overcome this in our lives. And we, who was the one who helped them? Nehemiah. Who is Nehemiah? Who is Nehemiah? The comfort, the Holy Spirit. We need his help in our lives. Amen. Note that Nehemiah does not do the work alone. He invites the people to action. He said, let us rebuild. He said, Let's do it together. In the same way, the Holy Spirit, who knows us and also knows the Father will speak to us about the situation of our soul and invite us to action. We will have to actively participate, following his instruction and his strategies. In order for things to change in our lives, we need to learn to listen his voice. First thing, learn to listen the voice of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We need to learn to listen his voice. Because if we do not walk in obedience, we will continue to on uh, with the structure of our souls open to invasion and to oppression of the enemy. And we can fall in two traps. One is to falsely believe that the Spirit will do everything for us while we wait with arms folded. Oh, I'm waiting on God. He will change my life. If you are doing this, I'm sorry. This is a big mistake. You have to do your work. I will explain. But don't do this silly mistake saying... Oh, I'm waiting. God will change my life. Some people say, I'm this way. If God wants to change, he will change me. No, 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 no. <laughs> you have to help the Holy Spirit. You have to work together with him. Amen. The other mistake is to run after others asking for prayers for our problems without doing anything about them thinking that the solution to our problems depends only on people's prayer. Oh, don't worry. I ask my leader to pray for me. He's praying for me every day. God will change my life. Be careful. 
It's not only the prayers of others that will change you. It's not only you waiting the work of God on you. You have to do your part. Amen. Amen. God does his part. Our brothers help us in prayer. But still we have to do our part so that the work is complete. The Spirit is speaking. Come, let us rebuild the wall. He goes with us and that makes all the difference. Amen. Why? You pray, you listen, and then he says something to you. He helps you, and then you can do, you can start changing. I give you some examples. Suppose you have been fighting for no pornography. You have been very tempted in that area. Then you start praying about it because you understand it's a crack in your wall. It's a sin. You, you want to get rid of that. And then you talk to your leader, you ask for prayer, you say that you are fighting with that. And then he told your leaders, used by God, say to you, you have to avoid temptations. But then you receive one video on your WhatsApp. And you know there is something there that's not good for you. What you do? Good, but if your wall is still cracked and you are not, you think, oh, my leader is praying for me, God will do that, and then you press the button and you watch the video. You have to do, like the brother said, delete, go away, don't watch. But then you say, oh, but God is helping me, I pray about that. You pray, but you have to do your part. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Are you getting the part? You have a part. You have to work together with the Holy Spirit. If the Holy Spirit, if you are having some problems like uh, with uh, immorality, you have to run from it. Don't try to fight with that. Don't try to watch and say, oh, but God will help me. No, my brother, my sister. Go far away from that. Another, uh, oh, sorry, I just want to give some Bible verse for you. The Bible uh, says for us to resist, resist. And I say to you, delete. Leave that group. If you are in a WhatsApp group or Instagram group, I don't know. If you are receiving things like that, if you are following someone on social media that is always posting things like that, it's a not a good friend. Leave this friendship. Stop following this person. Because you're not going to get anything good from that. Amen. Amen. Understand that the actions of God to the Holy Spirit is to convince you of your sin. Prayers are, prayer, prayers are very important support. But you have to act. You have to, to, to have an attitude and then you'll be set free. You must discipline yourself in beauty and beauty health habits. The Bible says in Colossians 3, 5. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, 
which is idolatry. In the beginning of the verse is saying, put to death. Who's supposed to put to death? Do you think it's God? He's going to kill this. Huh? Say, me. Put, put your finger on your own. Ch- here, say, me. I have to kill it. <laughs> Amen. Don't, if, you're, if you pray about, if you talk to someone, and then this person is not going to be there with you when you open your phone or when you're watching a movie. You have to decide. Don't tempt yourself. Keep watching these things. Don't keep doing things that is just make you so slave of sin. Just run away from that. Amen. Hallelujah. Another verse, 1 Thessalonians 5.22 says, Reject every kind of evil. You have to reject it's not the Holy Spirit that's going to say, is going to reject. It's not uh, the prayers of the brothers and sisters, but you have to reject. You have to work on the wall of your life. Amen. Amen. Another example. Maybe you have an issue at home with your spouse. You have been arguing all the time. And you are waiting for God to do something. You have been asked for prayer at the cell meeting. Then you say, oh, please pray for my, my husband, my wife, because we have been arguing all the time. I don't know what I have to do. And you are very humble in the cell meeting. But then when the disagree- disagreement starts at home, you don't hold your tongue. You answer back. You don't say sorry. And you fight. And then the, the, the bomb explodes. You are praying for that. You ask for advice. And what's your, what's your part in this story? What do you have to do? Shut up. <laughs> Be quiet. Do your part. Do you understand? You have to work in the wall of your life. God is with you. He's going to help you to overcome. Amen. But don't think because you are praying, because someone is praying for you, when the argument starts, God is going to come and shut your mouth. No. (laughs) You have to do that. Amen. You have. This is your work. Ephesians 4.29 says, Do not let any unholy unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it might benefit those who listen. This is what you're called to do. Bless people's life with the way you talk. Amen. Amen. Another advice, Ephesians 5, 22 and 25. I'm talking to the couples here. Wives, submit yourself to your own husband as you do to the Lord. Then for the husbands. I, do, I am not going to let them out. <laughs> husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Amen. Amen. 
there is challenge to all of us. But remember, the Holy Spirit is with you. He will help you to change. He will help you to become a wonderful and beautiful wall. Amen. Your soul will be changed by the power of the Holy Spirit. But you have to understand there is going to be moments that you have to do something. You, maybe you're going to have to say something or you have to not say something. You have to take some decisions. Remember, you build your wall. I love this verse. Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, Therefore, I, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer, you have to offer, say with me, offer, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Your mind must be renewed by the word of God. Things that you read must be put in practice. You need to live the way the word of God is telling you to live. That's why I said, obey the Holy Spirit. Finishing this verse. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Amen. Amen. God has wonderful things for our lives. But sometimes we are not uh, receiving that. Because we are not walking in obedience. We are just praying, talking to others. But in the time we need to do something, we don't act. We just keep in the sa doing the same thing. But we need to act. For them to rebuild the wall, they have to work very hard because there was some stones that were so dirty, but they used those old stones. God wants to use your own life, your own experience, but he wants to shape it in a way that he can use you to glorify his name. Amen. This is wonderful work because God wants to restore our lives. And we need to depend on the Holy Spirit. We need to rely on, on Him who will always guide us and direct us. We, we also have our brothers, remember, of the church that can pray for you, can help you in your battle. But you need to remember that the choice, the decisions must be yours. You have to take the decisions. We are the ones who decide if we are going to speak the truth and love we are the ones who decide that we are going to forgive, to be patient, to control our anger and to not sin, to get up early, to pray, to find time to read the Bible. This is your decision. It's not my decision. I can give a suggestion, but you have to do it by yourself in your house. Like uh, to read the Bible... Even to eat broccoli instead of potato. <laughs> because sometimes we, we say, I want to lose weight. But you keep eating things that make you fat. And nobody's going to control you. It's you, your decision. Amen. Amen. If you want to uh, do exercise, you have to go. I cannot walk for you. I cannot do exercise for you. You have to do it. 
You know what, what is good for you, but sometimes you say, oh, but I'm so tired, blah, 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 and things never change. There is a work to be done. There is things that need to be done. And you need to put your effort. You need to compromise with the Holy Spirit for these changes. Amen. In everything, our God directs us and places the desire in our hearts to please and to glorify Him. You may get spiritual support from your brothers and sisters, from your leaders, but you are the one who needs to act. Amen? Amen. And one thing, dear brother, stop blaming Satan or somebody else that you are not growing. Take your responsibility and work with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Let's stand up. I just want to close this time and just summarize what we learned today. Your spirit you learned today, was regenerated by the work of the cross. It was a miracle that God did in your life. Amen? It was a miracle. It was done by the sacrifice of Jesus. But your soul is in a process of restoration. Things are like there is a wonderful work of the Holy Spirit in your life. He's working in your life and he wants to restore your life. You are an active participant, participant on this work because you are the one who decides where to act, obey according to what God spoke to you by the Holy Spirit. Through the word that you receive today and through the word that you have been receiving every week. For this work to be complete, you can count on the family of God. Of course, you can count on us. We are praying for you. If you need advice, if you need prayer, we will pray for you. We will help to carry your loads. But there will be, remember, there will be resistance from your flesh and also from Satan. Because there is a fight you're going to listen to uh, a wee voice saying, oh, you don't need to change. Keep doing things the way you are doing. It's going to be okay. But you know there, you are not okay. You know we need some change in your life. And open your life for what God is talking to you today. We are in this process of restoration. And we have to help our beloved Holy Spirit. We have to tune, we have to obey, we have to listen what he's talking to us. And if you need help, of course, as I said before, we are here to help you. But this work of renew our mind, this is a process. And as you listen, as you learn, put in practice. And God will honor you because you are chosen to obey him. Amen. And I would like to pray for you now. Close your eyes now. If you are fighting in some area of your life, you see that you're not bringing glory to God. Sometimes you have difficult with, in relationship with people, the way you speak. You are fighting with some thoughts. You have sometimes difficult even to believe 
and the word of God. You, you, you get the Bible, you start reading, but to, there is thoughts of doubts in your mind. Maybe you think this is, the, I don't know, I don't believe this, the things this way. I, I have another way of thinking. If you have some, you are fighting with some of these things. I would like to pray for you now. I would like to ask God to break these chains because these decisions that you need to start taking, sometimes you, are, you have been held by old thoughts, but wrong thoughts, maybe from uh, chains from the enemy. And I want to pray for you now. Lord Jesus, we are so thankful, Lord, because you send to us, Lord. You send the Holy Spirit to work in our lives, Lord. He is the one who wants to restore, Lord, our soul, to make us, Lord, beautiful, Lord, to make us, Lord, oh, Lord, in a way that, that we will be able to shine your glory, Lord, and to show to people around us that you are our Lord, Father. And I pray for my brothers and sisters, Lord, those who are fighting, Lord, Lord, with some weakness in their lives, Lord. Sometimes they try to change, Lord, but they have no, Lord, the strength to change, Lord. Maybe they are fighting with immorality, Lord. And I pray now for all the power of darkness be broke now in the name of Jesus, Lord. I rebuke all this power of all of immorality in the name of Jesus, Lord. And I declare, be free in the name of Jesus, Father. Lord, I pray for those who are having problems when they speak to others, Lord. Sometimes they are not able to hold their tongues, Lord. They are having, Lord, feast, Lord, and they are fighting in their house, Lord. And I pray now for you to help them, Lord. Help them to, Lord, to obey your voice when you touch their hearts and help them to stay quiet, Lord. Oh, to have an, a better way to answer, Lord, in this, the moments that their emotions are so overwhelmed, Lord. I pray for all of my brothers and sisters, Lord, and I declare, Lord, Lord, they will work together with the Holy Spirit, Lord, and their lives will be transformed, Lord, every day, Lord. And your name will be glorified, Lord, wherever they go, Lord. They will have a life that's shiny, Lord, and show Jesus Christ to all their friends and family members, Father. In the name of Jesus, amen. 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 Uh, just one thing for us to finish up. I want to share more about that because when I started preparing this word, I said to Pastor Mars, I have more to talk, but I could not say everything in one day. Then uh, probably in two weeks, not the following Sunday, but the, f the next Sunday, in two weeks, I will be sharing more about Nehemiah. And if you want to be tuned with me, read Nehemiah's book. At least until chapter 4. Lead chapter 1, 2, 3, and 4. Then we will explore more about this subject. Amen? God bless you.